What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Embodied Wellness Radio, a podcast framed around the goal of creating the healthiest and happiest lives that we can make through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and so much more. Today's episode is really setting the stage for the next three episodes, a prequel, if you will, where we're going to be referencing today's topic a lot in relation to common supplements that people buy. And that topic today is heavy metals. So in today's episode, I'm going to be covering what heavy metals are, the mechanisms, where they're found, how to remove them from your diet and your body, and at the end, I'll explain why this plays an important role in the next three episodes. This is just going to be an audio-only podcast, but for the most part, I'm on the go today, so I got to get this thing pumped out for you. So without further ado, let's get into the information because I know that's what you're here for. So what are heavy metals? Well, according to a 2012 NCBI published paper by Paul Tushan Wu and partners called Heavy Metals Toxicity and the Environment, heavy metals are naturally occurring elements that have a high atomic weight and a density at least five times greater than the density of water, hence why they're called heavy. Their multiple industrial, domestic, and agricultural, medical, and technological applications have led to their wide distribution in the environment raising concerns over the potential effects on human health and the environment. Their toxicity depends on several factors, including the dose, the route of exposure, the chemical species, as well as the age, gender, genetics, and nutritional status of exposed individuals. Because of their high degree of toxicity, arsenic, cadmium, chromium, lead, and mercury rank among the priority metals that are of public health significance. These metallic elements are considered systemic toxicants that are known to induce multiple organ damage even at lower levels of exposure. They're also classified as human carcinogens, or known and probable, which means basically they're just um, classified as, as potentially cancer-causing, either known or probable, according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and the International Agency for Research on Cancer. So in short, heavy metals are natural and they exist in our nature and food, but when they're found in large amounts, a lot of the time that's due to industry production. So heavy metals can obviously be toxic and very, very dangerous, even in low concentrations because they can cross the blood-brain barrier. Not a lot of things can do that, but this is especially critical for women who are looking to have children as it becomes even more vigilant for you to be detoxifying your body of heavy metals, especially when you're looking to have a child because it's been shown that it can also cross the placenta as well as be, uh, pass on to your children, creating a risk for disease or a predisposition for disease in newborns. So if a woman has been diagnosed with high levels of heavy metals, such as mercury, it's recommended that you actually delay your pregnancy for at least a few months so they can begin to work on restoring uh, your heavy metals to a normal level at first. Um, women also need to keep an eye on this. And one thing I, I, I fell upon when I was doing some research is that heavy metals are extremely high in makeup. A lot of the times, uh, whether that's uh, natural or high-end makeup, they may contain heavy metals such as lead, aluminum, uh, cadmium, arsenic, and mercury, just to name a few. And heavy metals will not be listed on the ingredient list because they're technically contaminants. And as mentioned in the first paper, um, the level of toxicity that your body will, will have to deal with really depends on multiple factors. And that's the dose of the heavy metals, how you were exposed to the heavy metals, your age, gender, and a, a big one really is, is how your body's natural detox pathways will deal with it, as well as your general organ health. So I briefly mentioned some of the main heavy metals that are of, of most public concern, but let's get into them a little bit more. The first one would be arsenic. So arsenic is a known carcinogen, meaning it's known to cause cancer. And it's commonly found in rice, chicken, cotton, herbicides, 
fruit juices, water, and more. Um, the next one would be cadmium. So cadmium ranges from being a probable carcinogen to a known carcinogen, and it is commonly found in tobacco, water, rice, grains, shellfish, and, and seafood. Uh, cacao, now cacao is important because uh, later on when I, when I start getting into the consumer reports uh, through a lot of the, the, the proteins and whatnot, I was actually specifically asking for um, chocolate flavors of things because I wanted to see if the levels of cacao would have an effect on the heavy metals, but we'll get into that uh, in further episodes. Um, some of the other common places you'll find cadmium would be fruit juices, uh, pesticide residue. Now, this is actually pretty important because there is always a debate. I don't know why, but there's always a debate on whether organic is, is critical or not. But yes, eating organic is critical no matter how many people think it's just a way for growers to price gouge an extra 20% on fruits and vegetables or whatever they decide to upcharge. Um, and personally, I would rather go carnivore uh, than eat inorganic foods. Next on the list is lead. So on a spectrum, lead goes from being a possible carcinogen to a reasonably anticipated carcinogen. Um, let's just go aside from, from, from the research. Lead is 100% a carcinogen. So let's just you know get that out there. And lead is commonly found in water, paint, baby food, fruit juices, toys, pottery, uh, many female products such as eyeliner and lipstick. And again, no shocker here, pesticide residue. Uh, the very last one here would be mercury. It can commonly be found in fish, uh, dental amalgams, water, and shocker, pesticide residue again. So uh, the last one that I could bring up would be chromium. It can have some pretty nasty side effects, but due to the fact that you kind of have to inhale chromium for it to have its really, really terrible effects, you can ingest it, but it's, it's pretty rare. Uh, chromium generally has to be inhaled. So for today, we're pretty much going to skip over this one because it doesn't really pertain to upcoming podcasts. Um, so we're just going to leave this out for now. So what happens if my heavy metals are too high? Well, before anybody gets into a bit of a, a fit and begins worrying about the common warning signs of, of somebody struggling with heavy metal toxicity, the warning signs are far and wide, and they coincide with hundreds of health symptoms. So no need to go all WebMD on me here and, and think that you're about to keel over and die from heavy metal toxicity. However, since we are learning about this, some of the symptoms do include uh, chronic fatigue, autoimmune diseases, including Lyme disease, poor recovery from exercise and uh, just general weakness, skin irritation, neurological disorders, brain fog, trouble concentrating, difficulty learning and poor memory. A lot of that can even be associated to grain intake, right? So um, like I said, a lot of these symptoms are far and wide. Uh, depression and anxiety, dementia, insomnia, digestive issues, chronic aches and pains, and uh, this can be associated with fibromyalgia, tremors, impaired motor control, hearing, speech, vision, and gait, uh, which is your walk, uh, and anemia. So those are, again, a lot of different warning signs that can be associated with many, many different things. However, if you are worried about heavy metal toxicity and you are seeing some of these warning signs, you know, maybe, maybe take a look into it more, but let's keep moving. Heavy metal poisoning can lead to things such as uh, damaged uh, central nervous system function and mental function, uh, vital organ damage to things such as your kidneys, your liver, your heart, or your endocrine glands, and long-term exposure may lead to degeneration of physical, muscular, and neurological uh, degenerative processes within the body. 
And this is kind of freaky because oftentimes, um, as symptoms worsen over the years, it can be mistaken as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease or even multiple sclerosis. Many of the symptoms of aging, such as loss of memory and increased fatigue, are mimicked by heavy metal poisoning. Perhaps not even knowing that heavy metal exposure from all, you know, the, maybe the canned tuna that, uh, from China that you've eaten for the past three years might be a major contributing factor to the physical and cognitive decline of somebody. So shortly I'll get into the, some of the foods that you want to avoid, but first let's just really quickly understand the mechanism of what these heavy metals do in your body. So once heavy metals are actually in your body, what exactly happens, right? Well, to explain it simply, heavy metals build up in our organs and can have a pretty profound effect on our genes and hormones. Our genes and hormones operate in a beautiful synchronistic harmony, right? And when we put something in that affects that harmony, it can express changes that we definitely don't want. It's like if you're going to a beautiful choir or um, you're, you're seeing a, a marching band play. If all of a sudden somebody starts dropping a Skrillex song in the background, it throws off the entire harmony of the music, right? But what if that song is very softly playing in the background? You can't really hear it. You might notice it, but it doesn't actually bother the harmony enough for you to say, maybe go tell that person to turn the song down. But as the song gets louder and it builds up more and more and more, it'll begin to disrupt the entire performance. Um, soon the performance is obviously completely shattered and broken and it has to stop in order to tell that person to shut off that song in the background. So uh, this stoppage in the music can be referred to as cancer within the body. This obviously might not be the most medically accurate way of explaining this, but it does help you to understand the buildup process. So yes, heavy metals can alter genes and cause endocrine disruption. Now, I made a mention before about uh, my piece on organics and how the importance of eating organic because a lot of these heavy metals are, can be found in the pesticide residues. So, um, but I just want to take one more step on that and just mention that organic labels are a great way of like creating a standard of what's in our food, but um, they don't confirm that heavy metals haven't crept in, right? What it does mean is that it shouldn't contain any pesticides, antibiotics, GMOs, or any other garbage that could be introduced into our food system. But heavy metals are, are not going to be on that list of things that they can guarantee won't seep into it. Like, after all, they are natural in our environment, right? Um, however, most of the pesticides used in the world do contain toxic heavy metals, especially those that are made from the Roundup chemical glyphosate which is the majority of, of pesticides used nowadays, unfortunately. Um, so it's always a better choice to choose organic. Um, speaking about Roundup and chem the chemical glyphosate, this can be an entire podcast on its own, and it certainly will be in the future because this, yeah, this one might be a bit of a mind-blowing one, but we will get there um, when the time comes. So... Like I said, I don't want to get anybody worked up into a frenzy with this podcast. This is just meant to be an educational piece. Um, and we're trying to help you, you know, identify the areas in life that you could possibly adjust or, or um, later help maybe a loved one if you become more educated as a consumer and, uh, you know, help your buying habits. However, if you do want to get a heavy metals test uh, by your doctor, obviously, here's some of the points you want to know. So first of all, a doctor is going to likely want to give you a blood test. Now, the problem with the blood test is that it can only test in the acute moment. Uh, and unless you had a sudden ingestion of heavy metals, it really won't pick up the total amount that are stored in the body. And this is because our body is brilliant, right? It's smart and it wants to protect us. And it knows that heavy metals, when in large amounts, just floating around in the body, 
it'll just kill us. Like we'll just drop dead. And instead of letting all these heavy metals float around in the body and do what they want, it stores them in our bones and in our soft tissues, as well as in our hair. So a blood test isn't an accurate test for heavy metals because it might get some of the free heavy metals flowing around, but that's not where they're stored. So in order to get the whole picture, you're probably going to want to get a hair or a provoked urine test, which as the name kind of gives away, um, is you take something that provokes your body to release these heavy metals. Um, and as well as an antibody test would be the third one that you'd want to get. And this antibody test is basically just, it, they, they will slightly release heavy metals into your body to see how your body reacts, releases antibodies. So one of these tests, you know, it, it might be helpful, but it definitely doesn't give you the whole picture, right? One of these three tests is kind of like a bikini. You know, it shows a little bit, but it, it, it doesn't show everything. But if you take all three of these tests, you can definitely get a more accurate snapshot of, uh, of your whole body's level of, of heavy metals. Then when it comes down to testing, obviously work with a pro don't look up any silly internet heavy detox diet or, or heavy metal detox diet because uh, many of the people who are going to be jumping into these um, detox diets may have weak organs and if your your organs are weak and you're not ready to jump into a very draining detox diet that will exhaust your organs it's like a first time gym goer stepping into the gym putting 400 pounds up on the bar and then trying to squat it uh, that could leave you on the ground uh, in, with some issues. So always consult a professional when you're wanting to do any sort of detoxification of heavy metals from your body. So the next part would be, okay, I, I want to remove heavy metals from my body. I think this might be an issue. For, I mean, for a lot of people, it, it could be, but for a lot of people, it, it also wouldn't be. I just want to, you know, I'm, this isn't a scare tactic, right? I want to make sure I'm just informing you uh, of some of this information. So how long does it actually take to eliminate the majority of the accumulated excess metals in your body? Honestly, it's pretty hard to tell without testing, which isn't even super, super helpful, obviously, um, as it'll either tell you whether or not the, the heavy metals are present in quantities that are harmful or not, rather than giving you a total number. So how long it takes to quote detox, I really hate that word, uh, as it's become quite a, a marketing buzzword nowadays. Uh, and I think it's it's used um, in manipulative ways, honestly. But in this case, our body does have natural detox pathways, so it does fit, even though I just, I don't know, I cringe with that word a bit. But the amount of time it takes you to restore yourself varies depending on how many excess metals you have accumulated, your kidney and liver strength, and how your body reacts with the forms of treatment that you choose to pursue. So Let's look into some of the, the forms of treatment that you could pursue. So the main Western medicine method for uh, chelating heavy metals is called chelation therapy. Um, you may have heard of uh, chelation like supplements and whatnot, which we will talk about a little bit later, and they can, they can help. Um, but this is definitely the, the number one way to go about it. And this is through an intravenous therapy called uh, EDTA. Uh, this is just a chemical solution that um, obviously is injected into you. And EDTA is also known as ethylene diamine tetraacetic acid. Good luck looking up that word. Um, it takes up about half a notebook with the amount of letters in it. I can't believe I can even pronounce that. But <laughs> if um, you are taking notes, just refer to it as EDTA. And it works by binding heavy metals and excreting them through the kidneys where we just pee them out. Now, the downsides to this is that it is not a quick treatment, and on average, it takes five to 30 sessions to deal with a lot of the heavy metals, depending on, obviously, 
the amount in your body and how your body takes care of actually detoxifying them from your system uh, and can come with some pretty nasty side effects that include vomiting, fever, headaches, nausea, and uh, some other things as well. Now, if chelation therapy doesn't quite sound like something or it might be a little too uh, profound for you, you could also try what's called a metal flush with a combination of Chinese herbs. Oral metal flush treatments have been shown in research to be an excellent alternative to intravenous chelation treatments as per the mechanism study of one-of-a-kind antidotal Chinese medicine on excluding poisonous heavy metals by numbers of the Shanghai Chinese Medical University. Do you think they could have chosen a longer name for that study? There was actually a second study that shared similar findings in a study called the study of effects of metal flush on curing lead poisoning in children and on children's blood trace elements. And in this study, it showed that traditional Chinese medicine herbal treatments was effective in curing children of lead poisoning without causing trace mineral imbalances. Now, again, obviously, I'll say it again, please work with a professional. I'm not recommending that you just hop into some sketchy online Reddit thread detox protocol. Um, work with a pro. Now, if you are choosing to go down the herbal route of treatment, one of the things I always recommend people take, uh, normally in pill form, or at least I take it in pill form, especially when I'm consuming any sort of like plant-based protein, is chlorella. Chlorella is an excellent metal chelator and can absorb mercury and other metals and has been shown in the Journal of Toxicological Sciences that chlorella suppresses uh, methylmercury transfer to the fetus in pregnant mice. So if you're pregnant, it could potentially be beneficial for you and your future family member to take uh, chlorella. Uh, generally, the doses for this are about one to four grams a day. Um, in the pill form that I take, I think it's from the company Natural Factors. I, I, I actually don't take my word on that. I'm not, I don't remember exactly where it's from. It's up in my cupboard, but I take four to eight pills um, in times where I'm not feeling quite right. There's other remedies as well that you can jump in as far as like supplementation. And this would be something like activated charcoal or bentonite claim remedies, um, which I was actually just using last week because I wasn't sure if I accidentally got mold poisoning or not. So I upped my water intake a lot and began slamming some activated charcoal pills. And again, this is not medical advice, so please consult a professional first before you're gonna be taking anything mentioned on this podcast. The next one is a big one, and that's as per most health situations, lifestyle changes play a huge factor, especially in what you eat. So if you just want to avoid an excess of heavy metals in the first place, you should really try to make sure that you're avoiding farmed fish. I know it's more work, and I know it's it can be more money, but how much is your health really worth to you, right? Um, try to buy local according to season and avoid tilefish, swordfish, king mackerel, and big eye tuna. These are normally foreign fish from regions where there's little to no quality control and can be laden with heavy metals, dioxins, and PCBs. So try to avoid those and stick to local fish that is not farmed and in season, of course. It'll just taste better too. You'll You'll be so happy about that. Other foods you want to avoid are obviously anything non-organic, like I mentioned, foods with additives, alcohol, and anything you might be allergic to, such as highly glutinous foods or dairy products, or even if you're sensitive to it, uh, really anything that your body struggles with. Now, although these foods themselves won't be chocked full of dangerous heavy metals, these ingestibles can exacerbate the symptoms and toxicity of heavy metals as well as make it a lot harder for your uh, liver to process other toxins while your body is like releasing inflammation um, to some of these things that your body might be having difficulties with. So try to avoid non-organic foods, foods with additives, alcohol, and anything that might be sensitivities uh, for your body. Now that's just like 
I would say that's just a common uh, lifestyle change that most people should be taking. But especially if heavy metals are an issue already for you, uh, those are things that you want to avoid. Now, on the other hand, lifestyle changes are, are great for just in general, if you're trying to reduce the impact of it. But if you already know you, you may have a, a bit higher heavy metals in your body, and maybe you've been taking some of those foods, um, you want to make sure that you're starting to take in more leafy green vegetables, foods that are going to be rich in vitamin C. Garlics and onions are a great one that keeps coming up. Uh, bone broth is excellent. Lots of water. You can never have enough water when it comes to trying to remove a lot of these things from your body. Well, actually, that's not true. You can have too much water, but most people are, are quite dehydrated in the first place. So drink more water. Uh, chia seeds are great as well. Now, another hot tip would be trying to cook with more anti-inflammatory and antioxidant-rich herbs and spices. Some of these spices can include uh, basil, parsley, oregano, rosemary, thyme, ginger, turmeric, cinnamon, and cilantro, to just name a few. Now, I know that I mentioned before that I'm a big fan of chlorella, but uh, you really can't overlook the importance of cilantro as well, which I personally do think I need to up in my diet. A 2014 paper called The Current Approaches of the Management of Mercury Poisoning reported that cilantro, among with many other herbs and plants, is one of the best herbs to reducing the buildup of heavy metals such as mercury and lead in the body. Other supplements that can help, as mentioned before, is obviously like the vitamin C and maybe a cilantro supplement or just eat more of it in your diet, but also uh, shilajit, milk thistle, and soil-based pro uh, probiotics uh, are good options as well. Now, one of the questions that might come up is, what about sweating? Doesn't sweating naturally remove toxins from the body? Now, honestly, like in, in a lot of the research process that I've taken when, I, when I've kind of come approaching this topic is, um, was exactly that. I was looking into sweating because previously, I had believed also that sweating had been one of the best ways to naturally remove a lot of the toxins from your body. Instinctively, I thought more so sweating from like physical labor and not just sitting there and sweating in, in a hot room. But I had still thought that that might be one of the better ways to remove uh, toxins and crap from the body. Now, after diving into the research a little bit more, I'm not so sure. And, and to be completely honest, like I, I've also, I look up to other practitioners and, and well, not other, I'm not a practitioner or a doctor, but um, I look up to practitioners and doctors in the industry. And some of them have even said sweating is the number one best thing you can possibly do. But like I said, after looking at the research, I'm really not so sure because I don't think there's solid enough evidence to support me making that flat out claim to you. But if I had to bet, I think it should help. Um, now, like I said, the opinions on this really go back and forth. But after educating myself on this towards like putting out this podcast, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards no, honestly, I don't think it will help as much as what we maybe used to think it did. And sweating is a massively overhyped way to really sell detox products is, is kind of what I'm starting to see in a lot of the literature. Now to play devil's advocate, there was a 2016 Chinese PubMed study that did indicate that people who exercised regularly had lower levels of heavy metals. Now, on the contrary, in an article by National Geographic, they reference a recent study published in the Environmental International that shows that even when we do excrete environmental pollutants through our pores, the amount that we can sweat out are minuscule. Now, as I kept reading, I was hit with a couple really poignant quotes here by chemist Joe Schwartz, who was quoted in saying, you always have to ask how much. When you look at sweat, you can find many substances, but the presence of a chemical cannot be equated to the presence of risk. Ooh, that's a good one. 
He later went on to say, it's the old story of wanting to provide a simple solution to a complex problem. Hope is so precious, but some people use hope for selling crazy stuff to people who are vulnerable. Wow, that is some huge quotes. And I just want to go back to the very first one again. You always have to ask how much. When you look at sweat, you can find many substances, but the presence of a chemical cannot be equated to the presence of risk. And to double down on this, uh, Kelly Conaboy from The Atlantic wrote a really fantastic piece on the false claims of infrared saunas. And in her search for the research that actually shows that infrared saunas have any sort of science behind toxin detoxification, she quickly came to realize that the claims weren't actually based on science. Now, I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here uh, from the main subject that's obviously heavy metals removal. But for me personally, there isn't enough evidence to show that sweating removes substantial enough toxins in your bloodstream in the same way that your kidney or your liver does. So let's not be mistaken. Sweating is still an important muscle recovery and circulation and uh, a skin health and cardiovascular health tool. And obviously the main one of temperature regulation. But as far as uh, detoxifying your body of toxins and metals, um, I don't think there's a substantial enough evidence to say that it's true. So let's move on. So in this podcast, I've given you a breakdown of what heavy metals are, uh, what kinds of heavy metals you need to be aware of, uh, what happens if your heavy metals are too high, the mechanism of action in your body, uh, the importance of obviously buying organic, but that, that can be a whole podcast in its own, testing for heavy metals, um, ways to remove heavy metals from your body, and why are we even talking about this? Well, this whole thing is a setup really for the next three podcasts. Um, because back in 2018, the Clean Label Project released the results uh, from a private research project where they tested supplements in the United States for the levels of heavy metals in powdered supplements. And since then, this has really been a question on the consumer mind, and it keeps coming up over and over again, especially after articles um, started to come out about the popular plant-based protein company Vega supposedly having very dangerous levels of lead in their products. My issue with the Clean Label Project reports is that they really didn't share the actual numbers um, and the results for each of the company that they, they spoke about. Now, given that I, I worked in this industry in the past and I've heard some pretty hot tea over the years and I've heard some pretty nasty, uh, shady firsthand stories, um, I'll be honest, I got some trust issues. And quite frankly, um, I got into the point where I don't even know what companies I can trust to, and I don't know what I'm supposed to recommend to our clients at Embodied Wellness Co. So over the past four months, I decided to take it upon myself to do some research. And I reached out to over a hundred companies to see what their results were myself as far as the heavy metals in products. And I asked each company uh, one by one, for the COA, the certificate of analysis of each of their batches of proteins, whether that was, you know, plant proteins or, or animal based proteins or collagen proteins. Should we be worried about heavy metals in powdered supplements? So over the next three podcasts or, or the next three weeks, uh, the goal is to teach you about these products. So I'm going to teach you about plant based proteins, whey and animal based proteins, as well as collagen proteins. And then we're also going to see which companies were transparent and trustworthy with releasing the non-proprietary information, which is heavy metals, since it is naturally occurring. That is not proprietary to like actual brand itself, right? That, that should be public information. And I want to get to the bottom of the matter to truly understand if heavy metals are or are not an issue in the powdered supplement space. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with a friend. 
Uh, I think this is going to be a really cool series that a lot of you are going to enjoy. And if you're on iTunes, please drop Embodied Wellness Radio a five-star review and leave a comment. Um, it really helps get this information to more people's ears and therefore allows us to be one step closer to reaching our goal of helping and, and spreading the good word of health and health curiosity and connecting people to cost-free resources of information. So thank you so much again for listening. For any more information on today's show, please visit embodiedwellnessco.com slash blog slash heavy metals. My name is Denon Maximchuk, signing out from a beautiful sunny day here in British Columbia. And I will see you all next week when we talk about plant-based proteins and to see which companies were transparent in sending me their heavy metals reports on their products. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. This podcast provides general information and discussions about health and related subjects. The information and other content provided in this podcast or any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise. If you or any other person has medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider and seek other professional medical treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you may have heard on this podcast or any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast are of no relation to those of any academic, hospital, health practice, or other institution.